0: So we've been looking at Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this verse shows us that we're on the right track of understanding what Paul says, because he says, Reckon yourselves dead. Treat yourselves as if you were dead to sin or dead to the human nature or dead to your identity as an alcoholic or a drug addict or a sex addict or food addict. Understand that you are counted as if you were finished and dead um, because Christ took the judgment for you on the cross. And then it says, But alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And I want to say for people who are struggling with a a habit or uh, an obsessive thought or a compulsive behavior, the tendency is to um, put the emphasis on dying to sin. Oh, I've got to die to sin and all of this. And they become so um, concerned about trying to stay dead, as it were, um, to the old life and the old identity in our humanity as children of Adam, under the power of sin and death, that they forget the real message here, which is you're not simply dead to sin, but you're alive to God in Christ Jesus. So how does that work? Well, let's say somebody is struggling with alcohol and uh, has uh, been trying to stay dead to the—excuse me— stay dead to the desire for alcohol, get rid of the drink in the cupboard and so on, and not uh, go to so many parties and what have you. But what happens is that he has become something of a recluse and something of an isolate person um, because he's looking only at the dead issue. But what does it mean to be alive then, but alive to God? Well, that means we do not overcome Uh, we overcome evil with good as uh, uh, Paul says in another place be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good the good is being alive to God all right, if I'm alive to God now and free from alcohol, free from the addiction to alcohol, then how do I express my new life to God? And so this is where you put your thinking cap on and start being positive, uh, maybe developing new friendships, different friendships, maybe uh, uh, instead of going to bars, uh, taking a weekend camping or something, uh, learning how to live rather than simply account yourself and only count yourself as dead. That's an important truth. So then Paul says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should uh, obey it in its lusts. Now here again, the wording is so interesting because, and the wording teaches us and shows us that we are on the right track of understanding. Why? Because Paul says, do not let sin reign. Now, that's curious language, isn't it? Different. Um, Why doesn't he say, don't uh, sin, or um, stop this, or stop that, or don't let this uh, control you? But he uses the word reign. Well, the word reign, of course, implies what? A kingdom. And the word kingdom would imply a king. And where does that take us back to? Well, exactly where we started with, which is chapter 5 of Romans, where Paul, in chapter 5, verses 12 to 21, talks about the two kingdoms, the kingdom of Adam, though he doesn't use the word kingdom, but, of course, it's clearly implied, and the kingdom of Christ. Um, Verse 18, you recall, is a good summary of the whole uh, passage. For if by one man's disobedience... See, who is that? Adam. By one man's disobedience, many were... Uh, no, I haven't got verse 18. I've, uh, I've got verse 19 there. Let's go to 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, that's Adam, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. So you see, Adam reigned over all the, all the world, and all who came from him were part subjects of his kingdom, And since he fell into sin and departed from God and brought sin and death, then that sin and death came upon all human beings. They were accounted as in the judgment of Adam. So that's a kingdom. Then it says, Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification. And so the life of Jesus... Is a, uh, he is a new king, a, a king of the new kingdom that he has brought in by his righteous life and his surrender to God and his resurrection, and we are all now by faith in that kingdom of grace. And incidentally, in explaining this, uh, Paul also uses the word rain in, uh, in this passage in chapter 5, for he says in verse 17, For if by the one man's offense death reigned... You see, through the one man, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign through the life of Jesus Christ. So when we come to this verse then in chapter 6, we get a further understanding of how we deal with the issue of sin. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That you should obey in its lusts. Now, don't think of a sin as something you simply do or do not do. Oh, I must stop doing this, I must break this habit, I must overcome this. Rather, think of sin as something that does you, that is, that reigns over you. It has dominated you. This, going back to the alcohol uh, illustration, uh, if you're an alcoholic or struggling with alcohol, it is reigning over you. But Paul has taught us, and Jesus has taught us, that he has gained victory over that kingdom. And that kingdom, the power of that kingdom, is its ability to condemn us, and to bring us under the judgment of God. The kingdom of Adam puts guilt and shame and fear in our minds, and it is that guilt and shame and fear that is really at the core, as I have often said, of addiction. It's not the alcohol itself that is the power of the addiction, but the guilt and the shame and the fear associated with it that if I have a single drop, um, I will be under the judgment of God and therefore guilty, and then ashamed, and then afraid of its power. But here Paul is saying, do not let sin reign. Well, how do we not let it reign? Do we simply say, I mustn't do this, or I haven't got to do that, or whatever it may be? No. The way we do not let it reign is by believing what Jesus has done about that kingdom. It's not we who can topple that kingdom. It's not a a, a Christian with all the armor of God on that says, "Okay, I'm going to do battle today with this kingdom. I'm going to knock it off its pedestal. No, the kingdom of Adam is far too powerful for that. Christ is the one that broke the power of that kingdom. And so when we do not let it reign, we don't take our sword and knock off its head and topple it. We rather express faith in Jesus Christ and say, Father, I thank you that through your son Jesus, the kingdom of Adam no longer reigns over me. And therefore the power of that kingdom, which is guilt, shame, and fear, does not reign over me. And thus I am freed from the reign of sin. Now you get the point, don't you, Uh, once again, how Paul is talking about sin. He's not talking about individual acts of sin. He's talking about a kingdom that reigns. He's talking about a force outside of us that seeks to dominate us. But we don't have to let it dominate by simple, listen, simple faith. Faith that understands what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus, you came to this world and did something that I could never have done. You walked faithfully, humbly, obediently, and perfectly with your Heavenly Father. I have failed to do that, dear Lord. And then you went to the cross and you took all the judgment of men's sins upon yourself. And you also died without ever having sinned yourself. And so you are the first human being born into this world that never uh, sinned against your father. And I want to thank you for that, dear Jesus, because that means that you have brought in a kingdom of righteousness and life that has, uh, where Satan has no power. And Lord Jesus, I live by faith in that kingdom. So this is how we start working with our issues. We don't say, oh, Lord God, help me to overcome this sin. No, rather, Father Help me by faith to believe which kingdom I'm in. Help me by faith to know which kingdom I'm in. I'm in the kingdom of Christ. And in the kingdom of Christ, there is life. And you love me in that kingdom. And you uh, bring blessing to my life. And you never allow me to be ashamed. And you take away all my guilt And you take away the fear that I have been having, that this thing can topple me, that this thing is greater than I am. Yes, it's greater than I am, but it's not greater than Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are greater than the power of this thing that I'm dealing with. And therefore, I want to place myself in your hands and I want to thank you that in you there is no reign of sin. Now, do you see that the conversation I just had with our Heavenly Father, or Jesus, is a conversation? In other words, my heart is open to God, and I'm able to talk to Him without any fear that, uh, that He will judge me. Why is that important to know? Because that is where sin ends its power when you are in conversation with God, in a faith conversation with God. You see, if you're dealing with something that's really scary and frightening, like drugs or alcohol or food issues or sexual uh, addictions, then what happens is that your fear, not only your guilt, but also your fear overwhelms you, fearing that God will judge you, you see. So therefore you shut down You shut God out, and when you shut God out, you become zombie-like, because when we close God down, we close ourselves down, because we were made in the image of God. We're only alive in him when we are are aware of that fullness of image that we have in him. But when we close down God, we close down ourselves, we're, like, we're zombie-like, nothing is going on inside our heads but terror or fear or just a, a, a sense of catatonia, as it were, and that's when there's no comfort left but the sin we want to fulfill. But now we don't have to do all that closing down. We, we can say, dear Lord God, whether I succeed today or whether I fail I thank you that sin doesn't reign over me because Jesus has gained the victory over that kingdom and you, dear Jesus, reign over me and in you I am safe. Thanks for joining me today, Colin Cook, and how it happens here. And you can hear this broadcast any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And I wonder, during this December month, you would consider end-of-year donations, perhaps a special donation at the end of the year that you can uh, file in your taxes as a tax deduction. So if you would like to make that donation, make it online at faithquestradio.com or uh, send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. And please request a uh, tax deduction receipt so that I can send it out to you. Thanks. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.